tongue. You know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind, and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely, the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days for me were written. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would, be, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. 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 You were made for more. Yeah, you. Uh, out of the fullness of God's love, informed by His hands, you are divine masterpiece. You. Yes, you are divine masterpiece. God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus His handiwork formed by His own hands. You, a carrier of the image of the Creator with precision and intention you were made on purpose for His purpose. You. Yes, you. Paul says consequently you are no longer foreigners or aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises, rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him you too, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God himself lives by his spirit. And he says, now you, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. And then he says, just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, one body, 
and each member belongs to all the others. Over the last several weeks, we were on a journey called Dust. We were reminded where we came from. From the Lord formed the man out of the dust and from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils his breath of life. And we were reminded where we're going. Why? Because all dust returns to the ground from which it came. All come from dust and to dust all will return. And the Spirit of God returns, the Spirit returns to God who gave it. We were reminded by whose hand we were made and whose image that we have. And we were reminded in whose likeness that we strive to become. This week, this week begins a new journey. A new journey from dust to us. As many of you sitting here today, many of you have heard a little bit in part, but not the whole of who we are. Who we are as a congregation, who we are as Wapakoneta Church of the Nazarene, or Wapaknaz for short. You may have heard a little bit about our core values and our identity, but you haven't heard the whole. You haven't heard the story. Many of you sitting here were a part of the story, have been in the story, have even written a portion of the story, but you may not remember it in the whole. You just may remember it in the part. And so, folks, when it comes to identity, who we are, and even knowing whose we are, we can easily forget that. We can get lost. A people, an individual, a company, a culture, and yes, even a church can lose that if we are not reminded of who we are and whose we are and where we came from. We get lost. When I wake up in the morning and I head out the door, I grab my keys from the bowl, I grab my backpack with the computer, and uh, put my shoes on and I, I head out the door, maybe have my cell phone. But one thing I don't take with me is a mirror. And I'm pretty sure most, most of the guys in the room probably don't do that. I don't take a mirror. And, you know, in, in this head, if you were to flip it open and inspect it, you would know that probably most often than not I still think I'm in my teens and my 20s. But when it comes to those laborious activities of whatever it may be, lifting, hiking, running, whatever it is, my body tells me differently than what I think. Because I don't have that mirror to look into and remind myself of who I really am and how old I really am. I'm not 20, I'm twice 20. I'm 40, and I have an image problem, and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, right? Exactly. Amen. That's right. Um, not only can we as an individual, but we as a church, as a group of people, um, we can get lost. 
we can easily invite things into our life that we once would have deemed unwelcome into our life. And we can take on other people's images and identities into our own life. And slowly, slowly, and almost unrecognizably, we become something that we were not originally intended to be. And one day, we become aware of that. That when we look, and we go into the mirror, and we say, this doesn't look like who I am, who I was intended to be. I've become less than what I was intended to be. For this reason, for this reason, organizations of all shapes and sizes, companies, churches, um, local, global, they continually retell their story, the story of their inception, how they came to be, why they exist, their purpose for existing. The narrative of who they truly are. Because when you speak the narrative of who you truly are, you also identify who you're not. And that's important. The methods of retelling the story may be a bit different. Some tell their stories by posting their pictures on the walls. Some tell stories by making sure that it's on their website. But the companies and the organizations make sure that those that are a part of the culture, those that are there day in and day out, and those that are coming in as new hires, they know the story so as to not eventually become what they weren't intended to be. And so with that, there's power in retelling the story. How many stories do you tell around the dinner table? with your family and you retell them and you retell them we do our best to retell the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ the one who came from heaven sent so that he may die and give his life that we may have life that we may have forgiveness of sins that he was dead and buried and rose again on the third day. And then 40 days later rose to the right hand of the Father and will be coming back. And that through Jesus Christ that we can have eternal life. And that we can experience heaven not on the other side, but right now with God dwelling in us. That is a story that we retell. It never gets old because it's always a story that brings life and newness. We retell the story. And so today, with that, we retell our story. And this series, From Dust to Us, is a retelling of our story as this little church on the corner of Court and Benton. Because when you retell stories, you get realigned, you get refocused. You assimilate new folks. You acclimate. You discover. And in fact, you become a little convicted. Because again, 
when you pull out that mirror, you realize, man, I'm 40 and I'm not 20. It is 2018. And so, I'm going to skip around here a few things. The fall of 1920, or spring of 1926, this church was chartered. Became a church. And in 1927 and 1928, a building was bought on the corner of Court and Benton. And here we have where we're placed, where we're planted. Fall of 1941, construction started on what is our basement. Well, in what I say, our dungeon. Because um, if you've gone down there, man, you're, you're, you're wondering if that, uh, if that guy from Goonies is down there chained up against the wall. Um, uh, and it was completed in 1943. In 1950, a parsonage was bricked so that who was pastoring here could, could stay there. And in the fall of 1953, what is our upstairs? Currently are our upstairs, the creaky upstairs, um, our children's area. That was begun and in the fall or in, in uh, 1955 was completed in just about two years. And uh, where you're sitting was dedicated our third sanctuary in 1980. But see, here's the thing. I just gave you a very brief snapshot of the story. You can tell and retell your story, but it depends on how you retell your story. I just told you about the building facts. I didn't tell you the important aspects of this church. So, for those of us that are, have been here since Jesus was three, and for those of us that have just started coming here in the last several months, I want you to hear our story. It's important. Well, in the fall of 1925, there were two families, the Kennedys Deagles, Diegles, I don't know how to pronounce that name, forgive me if I butchered it, but there were two families that met in their home for the sole purpose of praying. That's all they did. They met, they ate, and they prayed. And in the spring of 1926, they had a revival, and with six people, they chartered Wapakoneta Church of the Nazarene. Six people. Now I can look around and I'm pretty sure there's more than six people sitting in this room. And go upstairs and there's more than six people up there. So, property. Property was purchased on the corner of Court and Benton. That is where they solidified their mission and their purpose. And it's interesting to show, if you look at some of the pictures... There weren't a whole lot of houses around here in 1927, 1928, right here on the corner of Court and Benton. Construction started on the dungeon, a basement-type sanctuary. The entrance is on that side, and if you go down the stairs, that would be the beginning of the sanctuary. It was completed in 1943, but what I didn't tell you when I originally told the story was that men from this church worked in digging that basement 
and building that building. On their shoulders and on their backs, that dungeon was built. Completed in 1943. And obviously the parsonage was bricked by this congregation. 1953, construction started upstairs. But what I didn't tell you when I retold the story was that there were a couple key families. All of the families are part of the church, but there were a couple key families. When you go upstairs into the children's area, if you ever go upstairs in the children's area and you round that corner and you hear that creak in that floor, you realize that the floor that you're walking on is wood beneath it. It's because one of those families, the Cochran families, Cochran family, who I actually just uh, several months ago performed the funeral for, Janet Cochran, and she told me a little bit of the story of how this came to be, but they had land full of trees that they harvested and sent to the Burden family who had a mill, I believe it was in New Knoxville, correct me if I'm wrong, and it was milled in New Knoxville and the men of this church, they would work in the fields by day, come to prayer meeting in the afternoon or the evening, and then begin working and building that sanctuary. The entrance of that sanctuary was on this side, the double doors. The choir and the preacher would be down this side. It was built on the backs of this congregation, not just the burden of the Cochran family, all the families. And some of you sitting here know that it was your mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandpa that built that, that sanctuary. And so, the women and the men of this church, and even the ladies actually came out, and they served those men their food in order that they may do the job that was asked of them. In 1969, two families, the Lamar family and the DeBell family, their homes were acquired. One was used for Sunday school, and the other was used as a parsonage. In the White House that's right next door to us where our teens are meeting, that's the Lamar home. The DeBell home was leveled um, to make room for where you're sitting right now, this sanctuary. And in 1980, the third sanctuary was dedicated. We also were a mother church. This in our DNA as a congregation it's in the DNA to plant another church. And in the past, they planted a church in Jackson Center. Many families from this congregation went and built and worked their tails off to construct and get ready a church in Jackson Center. And so, throughout that history, there were many families, many individuals that came and went, but they served, and they were a part of it. Folks, you're a part of their legacy today, those of you sitting here. I keep hearing the story retold almost on a weekly basis from many of you how years ago some of these men would drive a bus into our neighborhoods and pick up kids 
and bring them to church and feed them. I've heard that story at least two or three times in the last two, three weeks. And you, you brought kids into this congregation and where they were loved. And some of you sitting here today were one of those kids. Folks, the retelling of our story is really, really important. And who we are. And who we're not. You're a part of that story. God continues to write that story. Just five years ago, that story had a new page added to it. My wife and I came here in October of 2013. And the story continued. And there are many families that have come into this congregation in the last five years that never would have stepped foot in this congregation. Many of you were sitting here wondering if we were going to have a church at all in 10 years. We need to retell the story because it's important. It started at a prayer meeting, and that's why one of our values is prayer. But you know what? It has to do with the people. It's not about the building. It's about the people. So I've asked two people um, to come up, and Emily and Macy, would you mind coming up? I've asked two people to um, come up and share their story because they're a part of this story and they're a result of this ministry and so welcome ladies how are you um they're a little nervous so I, I I'd like to pray before we start is that all right is that good Okay, that's good. That's all right. Um, let's just say a brief prayer, if you don't mind. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we do thank you for um, the history and the people. And that story continues right now. Lord, I, I ask that you open our ears to the truth that is going to be spoken from Emily and Macy and how they came to be a part of this congregation and, and really what you've done you've done in their lives will you give them boldness and confidence and uh, we love you it's in your name we pray amen this is uh emily shipper and macy tyler if you don't know um and uh emily um what what year was it that you came for easter extravaganza 2015 um you, you both came to that Easter extravaganza event, didn't you? Um, what, what was it about that Easter extravaganza and that moment that really kind of raised your radar to Wapak Naz and who we are? Nick Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Wilson. So what was it about Nick Wilson? Um, we were watching him do um, the dance with the sticks, and we could just tell that he was full of God and God's love. Just moved us. I knew that there was something big going on with the children's programming. What was your experience there with that? Same thing. Just Nick, just being so passionate. It's like you could just feel it watching him dance, and wanted that for my kids. And I, I think I remember you saying, um, "What he's got, I want." And and if the, neither of them uh, have mentioned this this morning, it was. 
uh, it was his smile. One of the things that really drew them in was Nick Wilson's smile. And so, um, Emily, Easter is like in the spring. When did you actually come to a Sunday morning worship gathering? <laughs> so that's a long time. Um, why the delay? And kind of take us back to that moment. You were scared and you had some pride issues and um, the walls didn't cave in. But what did you experience that? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. Um, what did you experience that Sunday that um, made you decide, I want to come back to that, that church? walking in at the same time, and we told her that we were new, and she kind of took us around and showed us where to go, and for several weeks after that, um, people thought that we were her family because she just <laughs> welcomed us <laughs> in so much. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> you poor thing. Jeez. <laughs> so, um, and, and as a result of that, what did you end up doing? Because Macy attended back in Easter too. So what did you end up doing? Texting them. They're about coming <laughs> with me. <laughs> so how long was it after uh, they started attending? When did you when did you show up? I think it was January. January of sixteen. What was your experience when you came through the doors? Mine um, was very similar. A little old lady. <laughs> Uh, they just were so welcoming and just so so loving. Um, even the first time we were here, so many people coming up, introducing themselves, just really making us feel like family, like we were important, they were happy we were here. Absolutely. And and now it's it's 2018, you guys have been here uh, quite some time. Have, have both of you, how have both of you served here in the congregation or at, at, at Wapak Mary's College? We've both um, served in the So, Emily, what, it, and again, it, it's, it's, it's not about the church, but it's about the church, right? Um, it's really about Jesus Christ doing a work, and we're kind of the front line. When you come in, um, we're representative of Jesus Christ when, we come, when people come in the doors, right? So what, since... <laughs> getting recorded we can hear that no i'm kidding wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> i kidding. can't see any of you <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent what what trans what type of changes have happened in your heart as a result of jesus christ in 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 this congregation so actually when we all get here mm -hmm. we feel the same like kind of sick um it's it's hard to be around these people and second that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, I forget the question.
question. <laughs> well, Macy, let me ask you this, because you, you have experience. You grew up in church, right? No. For the most part? Um, no. I um, had some things happen when I was a teenager, and when I had some surgeries and things when I was moved to campus, and I wasn't sure who I was as a person to or who I was as a person. So you had some, some church experience around your 20s, late teens, early 20s. M- Macy, did you grow up in church? Did you go to church when you were a kid? No, not very often. We went to a few churches. I've been to a few churches, um, but it was more a belief, like, you don't have to go to church to believe in God, um, which I still believe, but I just think that it's a lot easier being surrounded by people that are trying to follow. Yeah, because we were talking earlier that you, you had mentioned that, and that, that, you, that belief is somewhat shifted for you, is that you, there's a need to be a part of the body of Christ. Um, what have you found as a result of that, being a part of the body of Christ? What have you experienced as a result of that in your spiritual I walk? I feel a little bit more free um, just from burdens. I know that I don't have to do it alone. <laughs> yeah. You can go back to her talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm going to stick on you right now. Uh, when did you receive Christ, Macy? Just November of last year. Uh, yeah. And you're actually going to be baptized here in several weeks on August 19th. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> um, you've been, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, okay, so you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, there was a time period of floundering. You were just trying to figure out what God wants you to quote unquote do. Is that right? Yeah. Um, can you share with the congregation um, what happened several weeks back um, during service? You were preaching about, I don't even know what at this time. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do they. <laughs> um, but um, I had volunteered for work at a marathon um, on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how it came apart of your sermon. You said, you know, even I remember you, you giving it and saying, I don't even know you know, really, um, this was not part of the sermon. Mm-hmm. And you started talking about marathon and rooting people on and just being encouraging. And it was like an aha moment for me. Like, that's me. Like, that's, that's what I need to do. That's, that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, that's what I'm good at. So um, that was my aha. <laughs> and so there's been part of our value. And if you go onto our values, our, our website, and you look up who we are, and you go into our values, and you start reading those values, and there's this one that says you. And at the end of that, it says discovering you in Christ. So, the language is you discover you here in Christ. And it seems like you've made that discovery about who you are in Christ and your role in the kingdom of God. I did. I don't know, in your words, what it looks like completely yep. just yet. Um, but I feel like he told me this is what you're supposed to do. This is your importance. And so I'm going to live it out and see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, can we give these ladies a, a round of applause? Thank you, ladies, so much. And as they, they come down, I just kind of want to 
bring this in for a second. Um, it started with an Easter extravaganza. Many of you wonder, why do we do what we do? Representative right there. One, let me just trace the steps for you. Nick Wilson, he was a young kid at that time. He was probably 12, um, 11 or 12. We are an intergenerational church. Whether you are a senior or whether you are a kid, we want to see you serve. We want to see you serve not Wapak Naz, but Jesus Christ. And so there was an opportunity with Easter Extravaganza for our kids to serve. And Nick was one of those that served. And he was up on the platform, and by his smile and his passion, two people caught that. You just never know about a smile, right? Two people caught that. And then we pack up everything, and we look around and we wonder, where, where's the fruit? We don't see anybody coming the next Sunday, right? You know what? Sometimes when you plant seeds, you've got to continue to water those, and it takes a little time. It took Emily until December, from spring to December, to walk through that door. You know what? There are a lot of people that are fearful to walk through a church door. doesn't matter if it's our door or someone else's door. But she walked through that door, guess what you were there with a smile and you loved you were being you were loved people loving people to Jesus and that made them want to continue to come and say hey you need to come to this place there's these people that are crazy they love people regardless and then back in November Macy Tyler received Jesus Christ. Trace the steps for a second. Nick, Emily, Millie, you received Christ. Households are changing. Lives are changing. Being transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. It's very important that we understand that you are important and that you are a value. You are a value so much so that we choose we choose to forgive rather than remain bitter and hold a grudge and become hateful. You are valued so much so that we choose to filter our words before we speak them rather than lash out with harsh words. We choose to stay silent rather than to talk behind your back. You are of value so much so that we choose to encourage, to build up and speak truth, rather than kick you while you're down. We choose to put our arms around you rather than point fingers at you. We choose to pray over, pray through, and pray for, rather than to talk about the problem. You are so much value that we choose to run alongside you rather than run ahead of you. We choose to work together rather than work alone. You are of so much value 
that we choose to come together rather than remain isolated. We choose to be to bless, to give, and to pour out rather than to take, to take, and to take. You are of so much value that we choose to be self uh, rather than we choose selflessness rather than selfishness. We choose to heal rather than the womb, wound, maim, or murder. You are of so much value that we choose the Holy Spirit rather than self, self-dependence, and human effort. We choose Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, rather than idols, false ideals, and false gods. We choose God's vision, God's plan, God's will, rather than our personal agenda. And you are of so much value that we choose the more God has for us rather than settling for less. That's the whole point. Those are kingdom principles. You are of value. You have intrinsic value because of our Lord and Savior who created you by His own hands. And therefore, we must perpetuate that. We must continue that. You must continue that. And so, I would like for you to pull out your worship bulletin. And pull the little card that's in your bulletin out real quick. You may not realize the impact of an invite the immense impact of an invite and so you have this card in your hand this was not a mere announcement for you to remind you that on August 19th we're not having service here that we're actually having service at the YMCA and man if you're choosing if you're thinking you're gonna duck out on that service and you don't want to attend that service you need to think differently. Because that is going to be a powerful moment in the church of Wapaknas. A powerful moment because, as you can see, there is not a baptismal in this, in this congregation. You have yet to have a, a service in years to where it was the service and the baptism all a part of it. You need to celebrate that. You need to see that. You need to be a part of that. You need to witness that. Because baptism is a communal thing. It's a body thing. It's not just an individual thing. But you have this card in your hand. This card is an invitation that you are going to find someone to give to. To invite them in to be a part of the family and the celebration of that day and to eat some really amazing grub at the picnic man let me just tell you these ladies can cook and so can some of these guys so um, the challenge before you today is that you are to impact someone and so uh, Sandy will you you mind just coming up and playing a little ditty and uh um, I would like for you to stand with your card in hand.
We don't retell our story to relive the past because reliving the past only keeps you from the future, right? We retell our story to remind us where we came and what empowers us to move forward. And this is in your hand. And so I would like for you to take a moment. Is there someone in your life, a neighbor, a family member, a friend, that you know exactly this is the person I need to invite? If you know that individual right now, I'd like for you to hold that card up in your hand, up, up in the air. Hold it high. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for you and pray for that individual. If you don't know, I'd like for you to hold that card up in the air. <laughs> I hope you put deodorant on today. And we're going to pray. Heavenly Father. The impact of an invite is so important. It's immense. And Lord Father, there are many that are standing here that know exactly who it is that they are to invite. Lord, I ask that you give uh, boldness and opportunity for that person to invite. May they carry around their card until they do that. And Lord Father, we pray for that individual that they're going to invite. Lord, move on their heart. Soften them. May they be more willing to come to a service at the YMCA than at the church. And may they realize the church is a lot like them. We're just people. But we're people saved by grace, by Jesus Christ. For those of us that don't know, those of us that, that have the card in hand, that don't know who we're supposed to invite, I ask that you give, um, Lord, give them insight to who it is. Put that person's face or that person before them in their mind or may they just as they go throughout their day may they just find that one individual and may they invite them there's power in that invite use this congregation to be salt light and yeast in our community and we have to do it with intention lord it's in your name we pray amen invite you've got about a month man you got a month to do it invite them in May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And may you love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, the story continues next week. We'll see you here.